people You talk about things that really aren't important at all You talk about weather, you talk about problems we have here at home and abroad I'm excited about a solution for the world I'm gonna shout and sing Oh, that Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings So now get all excited Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King Oh, get all excited Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King Oh, get all excited Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King Oh, now Jesus Christ is still The King of Kings Sing that again Oh, so now get all excited Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King Oh, get all excited Tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King And get all excited for telling Still the King of Kings Let's sing it again So now get all excited Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King, oh now get all excited, tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King, get all excited, tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King, oh now Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. So you talk about people, you talk about things that really aren't important at all. You talk about weather, you talk about problems we have here at home and abroad. But friend, I'm excited about a solution for the world. I'm gonna shout and sing that Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. So now get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. And get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. So get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. So now Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. One more time, come on now. Oh now, so get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. So get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. So get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Oh, Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. Amen. Just praise Him this evening.
So I'm in this church, this glorious church. I did not join, no, I was born, I had a new birth. Some glorious day, gonna celebrate. It's by His grace, not by my works. I'm in this church, I'm in this church, this glorious church. I did not join, no, I was born, I had a new birth. And some glorious day, gonna celebrate.
ahead and change the word of our service here. Uh, we just want to welcome you this evening. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and uh, to be back. We've been out for a couple of services now, but uh, it's good to be back with you all. But uh, we're going to change the order here a little bit, and uh, let's sing that song, I Surrender All, uh, before we take our prayer request this evening. So I surrender all, oh
that's our heart's desire this evening is just to give everything to him. So if you would just continue to play that softly, Brother Matt, um, I have a couple prayer requests here. Um, I'll have you remain standing. And if I could have uh, Brother Chris come up and pray over these prayer requests and also have the ushers come forward. Um, and uh, we'll take up the tithes and offering after as well. We just have one here that's written down, uh, just to please remember Sister Connie Hughes in prayer. Uh, she's not feeling well this evening. They weren't able to be with us, uh, so we just want to remember them. Um, I know that uh, Brother Barry and Sister Becky are away, still traveling, um, so we just want to remember them and the meetings that they were at and uh, just the time that they are taking away. Um, and that is all the prayer requests that I have and that I know of, but um, I know we all have unspoken prayer requests. So just by the lifting of your hand, the Lord knows that need, and uh, he can touch that need right here, right now. So, uh, Brother Chris, if you would just come forward and the ushers come forward as well. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this opportunity that we had to come to your house. Lord, we want to take a moment, just quiet ourselves so that, Lord, we'd be able to receive from you tonight. Lord, our prayers that you'd be the honored guest here. and Lord, that you would come and speak to your people and meet the needs of your people. Lord, we've had a couple of requests brought before the people. Lord, for Brother Barry and Sister Becky as they're traveling, pray that you keep them safe and bring them back to their post of duty here. Lord, be with those that are sick or those that couldn't be with us this evening. Lord, pray that you'd be a blessing to each one. Father, as, the, as they're coming forth to bring the offering, pray that you'd Bless the gift, the giver, the intended purpose. Lord, be with the minister tonight as he brings forth the word. Lord, help each one of us to receive from you tonight is our prayer. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just as the ushers pass by, you can have your seats. Uh, let's keep it in the same key. We'll sing a couple songs here before Brother Aaron comes. Um, let's sing that song, Heart of Worship. So when the music fades I simply come, longing just to breathe something that's a word that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song itself is not what you.
Die for me. 
I'm forgiven Because you were forsaken And I am accepted You were condemned And I'm alive and well Your spirit is within me Because you died and rose again Let's sing that song, I'm a child of the King.
as uh, Brother Aaron comes forward uh, this evening to bring us the word. So, oh yes, um, oh yes, I'm a child of the King. I forgot to make this announcement. Um, once I make this announcement, we'll sing that again. Um, but just a reminder to sign up for the financial piece. Uh, the last day to sign up is this Sunday. So it is officially moving to Sunday nights at 5 p.m. If you have any questions, please see Brother Josh. Um, but that's the only announcement I had. Uh, we'll sing that again as Brother Aaron comes this evening. So, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm a child. of the world. Lord, tonight we have the confidence to come before your throne and bring our petitions and our requests, knowing that, Lord, you paid for them, O oh God. We thank you, Father, this evening because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, your children are raising their hands this evening, Lord, trusting in a living God, a God that can contend for himself, a God that can heal, a God that can deliver from trials, a God that can provide for finances, a God that can deliver in all manner of diseases and sickness. We thank you tonight, Father, because you are such a God. Lord, today, Father, we stand, Lord God, in awe of you, Lord, for what you have done and what you continue to do in our lives. 
We commit this service into your hands. We pray that you may just anoint your children, Lord. May you take away the minister tonight and just be the one to speak directly to your church. Father, we want to take this opportunity to pray for those that could not make it tonight. Some that are streaming, Lord, in Radio Land and Etherwaves. We pray that you may bless them, Father, wherever they are in their homes. As they are streaming this hour, may you bless them, O oh God. We commit now this service into your hands. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you, friends. You may have your seats. Thank you so much, musicians. Always appreciate the musicians uh, uh, playing and singing. It's one of the many reasons why I come to church on Wednesdays and Sundays. It's also to enjoy the wonderful atmosphere that comes from the music. Praise the Lord. I bring you greetings from uh, Brother Barry Coffey, who is away uh, on the Lord's work and also um, just taking a time off, with, uh, as he mentioned on, the, on his last service. I uh, streamed some of the services that they he preached in, in Dublin, in Ireland, and I can say that I was blessed. And I, I listened to the one that Brother Paul Lafontaine preached in the morning and the one that Brother Barry Coffey preached in the afternoon. They were such a, a blessing. And I can testify that uh, only me and Brother Paul Lafontaine preached the message of the hour. <laughs> By that I mean we preach for one hour. <laughs> All right, if we can stand to um, read the scripture tonight. Today we're going to read from the book of Revelations, chapter 18, verse, verse 1. Revelations, chapter 18. Revelations it will, be, it will be the last book in your Bible, I believe. I had some very, very bad traffic on my way to church. Whenever I'm coming to minister, there are like three or four hazards along the road <laughs> somehow. I thought I was early, but somehow, you know, when I looked up on my maps, the, everything was, you know, red. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to look at red through red. <laughs> and Brother Peter was saying, Brother, are you, are you going to make it? I almost said, Brother, I think you can stand for me to <laughs> You know? Right, Revelation chapter one, chapter 18, verse 1. Let's read. And after these things, um, after these things, I saw an, another angel coming down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils. And, and the hold of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. The merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. You may have your seats. Just... Uh, I also want to uh, bring my greetings from my wife, Sister Trish, who is streaming tonight. Uh, uh, as you all know, we had another baby, I think, last week. I think she's now like nine or ten days old. So we are certainly thankful to the Lord and very 
are grateful, they are having a good time. Babies are always very, very sweet. <laughs> and whenever you look at children, you, you think how, how God must feel when he looks at us. You know, if you look at your children, you're like, this is my sweet little girl. She will always be my daddy's girl. No matter what happens, no matter how old she grows, she'll always be daddy's little girl. And I think that's the way God looks at us. Sometimes we, we think of ourselves, oh, you know, Brother Aaron, I did this or I did that. But in the eyes of God, you'll always be God. You'll always be his daddy's girl. Praise the Lord. So we, we certainly thank the Lord for that. Now, for a little uh, title today, we want to talk about endangered, endangered species and invasive species. And uh, this would be probably a part one and a part two, but I'm not, sometimes, you know, I, I lose the inspiration. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to try to condense things in one service. So we're going to talk about endangered species and invasive species. And I want to say as we start that it's not, I'm not talking about people. We're talking about spirits. Praise the Lord. Sometimes, you know, because of the climate that we live in, when we talk about invasion and things like that, people, you know, think about human beings, right? You know, whether it's, you know, I'm talking about in the political realm, but I'm talking about spirits. I believe that God loves people. And he loves all of his people, and he died for them. But when, when I'm talking about these things, we are looking at the spirits that are coming upon the earth. And it's, it doesn't matter whether you are yellow or brown or white. It's, these spirits are affecting everywhere. In America, in, in Africa, it's everywhere. You, you, you can't say, hey, we are British. We got this under control. No, sir. You can't say, we are Americans. You know, we can overcome all it's, it's, it's only if you are under the blood. Amen. That's the only thing that you need right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can't say, hey, we are Grecians, we are Romans. All of that is just falling apart. The only thing that is remaining is the kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen. Because the Bible says that we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Because the Bible says that all that can be shaken shall be shaken. And I want to say that we are living in the hour of shaking. Everything is being shaken. Churches are being shaken. Families are being shaken. You know, faith are being shaken. Even the basic common beliefs are being shaken. Until people have to doubt, have to figure out, you know, what is a woman, what is a man. I mean, things that we thought were like very, very basic are being shaken. Amen. And only... That will remain, will remain. And sometimes that's why you see there's a lot of falling away. Why? It's because it's a shaking time. It may not be, you know, in the natural eyes, it may seem like things are going well, you know, just the way things have been going ever since the world came. But in the spiritual realm, there is a lot of shaking that is happening. You know, men are losing their manhood. Women are losing their womanhood. Praise the Lord. People are losing their dignity because there is a great shaking that is happening in the world. And if there's anything that we need to, to have for ourselves and for our families is to be deeply rooted in Jesus Christ. That when the winds come and they shake us, we go deeper and deeper. 
When the winds come in this world, when they blow, when doubts arise, when the pressures come, when the press comes, you know, we, 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 come, we cling closer and closer unto the Lord. And the Bible says that not forsaking the assembling of together, as we see the day approaching, praise be to God, as we see that it's getting darker and darker because we are approaching the coming of the Lord. Everything that we see in our world, in, in, what we read in our newspapers, what we see on the news is talking about the coming of the Lord. I was reading this afternoon uh, an article that says the Church of England has uh, elected the first um, uh, archdeacon who's a transgender, like actual news, right? And this is something that you never thought could happen in a church. We may say, oh, it's just denomination, but you know what? The devil starts off in the world, and he comes in the denomination, but his target is to attack the bride. So when things are happening outside, don't just say, well, it's happening outside. Before you know it, it's right in your doorstep. It's like the days of COVID. Ah, it's just, it's, it's, it's happening in China, and everybody thought we were okay until, you know, it came on our doors. Suddenly, that's how spirits are. When, we see, when you see things around happening in the world, never thought for a season that you, we are immune from those things. The devil will attack. Yes, we will not be crushed, but we will be attacked. Everything that you see that, that is happening on the outside, it will also come to fight God's children. And I want to say that the people that have the Holy Ghost... The elect of God, the apple of God's eye, they are, become, they are becoming more and more endangered. Why are they becoming endangered? Because they are invasive species that have come upon the earth. When I say invasive species, I'm talking about spirits that we have read from the book of Revelations. The Bible says Babylon the great has fallen. What, is, what does Babylon mean? It means confusion. We are in the last Babylon. Remember, there are three Babylons in the Bible, uh, Sunday school. The first Babylon is Babel in Genesis. That was built by Nimrod. You know, they built a tower. They wanted to go to heaven, and God collapsed it. That was the first Babel. And the second Babylon we find in the book of Daniel, the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar, and, you know, the subsequent kings. And we are in the last Babylon, and it's called Mystery Babylon. It's the same spirit, which means confusion. That's why there's a lot of confusion, even with basic things. Because it's what is Babylon. And Babylon has spirits. And the Bible says here in verse, in verse 2 from the, what we read in Revelation, he has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit. So these are invasive spirits. If you read Revelation chapter 16, it talks about 200,000 devils being loosed upon the earth. Now they went into Mussolini and Hitler and Eichmann and all these you know, different men until you know, one, 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 one guy was called the angel of death. You know, the, the, the doctor that was killing people at, at Auschwitz. He was literally called the angel of death. Because of the power of the demons that was upon his life. And these demons have come upon the earth. And you see certain behaviors which we have never seen from the foundation of the world. 
And it's not because of people. It's because of the spirits that has come upon the people. And the Bible says because they did not retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a reprobate mind to believe things which should not be believed. He gave them over to strong delusions. Now, what is a delusion? It's, you know, if you did psychology, my wife did psychology. And, you know, if you are delusional, that's, that's a mental sickness. Like you can think you are something that you are not. That's strong. The Bible says strong delusions. And we see that in the world that we are living in. Because of social media, because of things, people have become so delusional. Until people live in bubbles. You know, people create their own bubbles and they live in them. I mean, literally anyone can just create this bubble, you know, whether they are listening to, you know, worldly music, and then they just get caught up in a little bubble, you know, and then it's, it's not real. That's why you see there's, you know, a proliferation of, you know, uh, 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 you know these, um, uh, what you call it, meta... What do you call it? It's a metaverse, yeah. It's because people want to live in a dimension, somewhere in an imaginary world. That is not real. You know, they want to be something that they are not, you know. They, they want to live like an avatar in a different world. It's, those are strong delusions. Praise be to God. To walk after imaginations. The Bible says he that blesses in his heart, that blesses himself in his heart and walks after the imagination of his heart and says there is no God. The Bible says that I will brought himself up, my, my, him from the book of life. And that's what people are doing. They are walking after the imaginations of their heart because of the invasive spirits that have come upon the earth. And the real, real, real life it's becoming more and more endangered. The traditional family life is becoming endangered. For a woman to be proud, to be married, to raise children, it's becoming something that people laugh at. What do you do in life? Oh, I, I take care of... It seems like something, something that is supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to be proud of. Something that God made you to do. It's becoming endangered. You know, in the early days, if you look at you know, American financial systems, a man would work, get a dollar, and take care of the family. But you know what? The commercial world came and increased and increased until the man could not afford, and then he had to borrow. And then things, you know, bills and a lot of things happened. And then the man, after working, after borrowing, still could not afford certain things. And the woman had to work. And the woman working, still they couldn't afford certain things. And the woman has to borrow, the woman has to borrow, and they all have to work. What is that? That's slavery. That's slavery. And what it does is it takes away the order of life. Because slavery is involuntary work. When you don't want to do something and you do it anyhow, that's what slavery is. It's like smoking a cigarette. If you're in your mind, you don't want to smoke, but you find yourself smoking, then you have become a slave. That's why Brother Josh Godwin is coming up with financial peace. I support 100%. Because it liberates you 
from slavery where you don't have to do certain things because you have to. There are people that cannot stop working. Why? Because they are bound by debt. And right now, if you look at the world that we are living in, people are no longer able to come to church consistently because they have to work. And I I understand 100%. But guess what? That's exactly what happened in the book of Exodus where the children of Israel, they were working every day until they forgot about worshiping God. And God didn't like that. And God said, Pharaoh, let my people go that they may worship me. Hallelujah. Because remember, when they were in Egypt, they were a people of God. They were not a church of God. Because the word church means called out ones. When God called them out, that's when they became a church. Hallelujah. So now, so now the, the scheme of the devil is to put a pressure on God's children so that they don't worship God. The whole reason why God called and exhorted us, we're going to read it in, in, in a few minutes, was for people to come back to worship. Was for people to realize who they are in the image of God. The reason why America was founded was for two things. Freedom of religion and civil civil freedoms. How many knows that? America is Revelation chapter 13. It started with 13 uh, states. Some of you old folks know this, but we have to go back because of the young people here. So it's Revelation chapter 13. It's a beast that rises from the earth, which is representing a power, as a beast is a power. It's a country that came from the earth, and the Bible says that it rose as a lamp, but it was not a lamp, and it had two horns. And the prophet says that it, it was representing the American bison. And the two, the two horns, they represent religious liberty and what? Civil liberties, right? So the reason why God gave the founding fathers this land was mainly to worship God. But now the country has become so advanced, they no longer want to worship God. Now people have become so advanced, God has blessed them, they no longer want to come to church. But they don't realize that God gives you freedom so that you may worship him. God did not just give us this land for free, just so that we can have guns and shoot game, although that's great. But he gave us this land so that we can have freedom of worship. During the lockdown, people were saying, oh, brother, you know, we are locked down. How, 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 how long are we going to stay locked down? We need to go to church. We need to go out. Go out to do what? Liberty, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So there is no liberty without worship. There is no liberty without church. There is no freedom without following the will of God. If we say we are a free people, it means something. People, you know, other people, their symbol of freedom is a gun. Some people's symbol of freedom is a tattoo. What a poor symbol. Some people's symbol of freedom is, you know, a lot of, you know, filthiness of things that happen in the world. 
I'm free. I'm a woman. I'm free to do whatever I want to do. But that's not what the Bible teaches. You are made free so that you can worship God. Now, only God can make you free. Anything outside of God cannot make you free. Amen. Right. Let's read here. Invasive species. Invasive species refer to non-native organisms. Now, these are spirits that were bound for 2,000 years. And they are not native because, remember, when God created the earth, it was created for the sons of God. If you read in the book of Psalms, that the earth you have created for the sons of God. But Satan, in the book of Genesis, he came and he contaminated the human race. And ever since that time, he's always invaded the earth. It's like a marriage. It starts out, you know, in honeymoon phase. Everything is, is great. They love each other. They hold hands every time. They're walking outside. You know, they, they do everything together. Praise God. But after a, a little while, these spirits, they come. And they try to bring confusion. Invasive species. They are not native organisms. They are introduced into an ecosystem by Satan and have a negative impact on the environment, the economy, or human health. And these species often thrive in their environments due to the absence of natural predators or competitors. They can outcompete native species for resources. They disrupt ecological balance and cause ecological and economic damage. Now, I'm, I'm taking this for inspiration. And that's exactly what evil spirits do. They come and they, they take away the balance from people's life. Like right now, there's no more balance. Everything is, it's, 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 it's debt and work, debt and work, debt and work. There's no balance. Someone can't even think about anything. They can't even think about, you know, going for a prayer meeting. They can't even think about going for me. Everything is all about work. Why? It's because the balance has been taken out. And that's what the devil does. He takes away the balance. He takes away the control of your life. Everything that you are living, it's all about chasing dreams and chasing goals. Until you lose sight of everything in life. There's no time for your family. There's no time for your children. Everything is all about emails and work and memos and presentations and business meetings. Sometimes you have to say, well, is this what God created me to do? And reflect and say, I think, I think something needs to change here. Because you know what? Some of the things that we think are blessings, they are not blessings. Oh, praise God, I've got a new job. You know what? Anything that keeps you from church is not of God. That's what the prophet says. That is not me. That is your prophet. Praise be to God. God cannot give you something that keeps you from his presence. Amen. Amen. Invasive species. Now, endangered species is a type of an organism that is threatened by extinction. Species become endangered for two main reasons. They lose their habitat and lose and a loss of genetic variation. Now, when, when, when they talk about genetic variation, they're talking about the pedigree. They say this, this animal has become extinct. We mean that the, the real genetic pedigree of this animal no longer exists. So when it comes to the spiritual matters, there is a certain 
pedigree that God has invested. And if you read the Bible, throughout the Bible, God has never wanted his children to get mixed up. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 that when men began to multiply upon the face of the earth and daughters were born, the sons of God, they saw the daughters of men and they took them to be women. And God did not like that because they were supposed to keep their bloodline clean. They were supposed to maintain their pedigree. They were not supposed to mix or to hybrid it. But when they mixed, God was not happy. And he says that my spirit shall not always thrive with man. The Bible says there was, there was violence upon the earth. There were, people were eating, people were drinking, people were, not that you can't eat, but it became obsessive. Until everything, any video you see on YouTube, it's about barbecue, it's about eating. Like people, it's become beastly in a way. People, they were drinking. You know, any, any, just, you can't, you hardly have people just gather together, just drink, just regular water. No, there has to be something toxic somewhere. And you know what? The devil had infiltrated in the human race. And what did God do? God destroyed mankind. Now, in the Old Testament, remember, it was natural separation. But now in the New Testament, it's spiritual. So when we say our pedigree, it's not a natural pedigree. You know, it's not, you know, don't waste your time thinking about, hey, this, this, or this, this, is this people. No, no, it's now spiritual. Praise Lord. So now we find that God sent Noah, and Noah in the Bible, he sent, when the, when the rain subsided, he sent two birds. He sent the, the dove and he sent the raven. And the dove representing the Holy Spirit, the clean birds. And he could not find place to sit his foot. And he came back with an olive branch. And the raven, he went and he was having a good time. He was eating the, you know, the, 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 the dead carcasses because he was a raven. And he was a type of the spirits that we have in the last days. Where, you know, there are people that seem to enjoy the world. And then the dove is constantly groaning because of what the world has become. You walk into Walmart, you can hardly catch your breath. I mean, you... <laughs> I don't mean to say Walmart, but just walk in, you know, anywhere where you walk in. It's, it, it, it has become so diabolical. Why? It's because we are living in the last days. Invasive species have come upon the earth. And right now people say, oh, it's hot. There is climate change. So you know what? We're going to take off our clothes. And it's so bad. Matthew chapter 13, verse 30. Let, let both grow together until the harvest. In the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tears and bind them in the bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into the barn. Now, the tears, they multiply faster than the wheat. If you don't take care of your loan, before you know it, <laughs> it's happened to me. <laughs> I was a new house owner <laughs> two years back. And I didn't know anything about you know, taking care of the loan and things like that. We didn't have you know, loan from where I come from in Zimbabwe. We just had like, oh yeah, I didn't have uh, a nice, beautiful loan. 
So I had this beautiful lawn, and before I know it, after a couple of days, there were these, all these kinds of weeds. They just came out of nowhere. And I was scrambling. I had to go to Lowe's. I bought literally every pesticide on the shelf. <laughs> Let me have this one. Let me have this one. Let me have this one. And you know what? I sprayed my lawn, and the next thing, I burnt my lawn, you know, because I... <laughs> Because I was trying to deal with invasive species. You know, I killed the, the weeds and the loan. And that's what Jesus Christ was trying to avoid here. He says, let them both go to, to grow together. At the harvest, he will send his angels. And, and, and he will gather first the tears and put them and burn them. And then the wheat, he will put in the barn. Now, the prophet says now the church has, has to come to a place of maturity where we have to lay in the presence of the Son. Now, I want to drive this home. You have to know that we are endangered. And that has to give you a level of seriousness. We, we, you see, sometimes God uses persecution for people to become serious, and I don't like that. I believe God can work with us through a revelation. You know, for many years, God was trying to bring the Jews back. But you know what? They were successful businessmen. And they didn't want to go back. So God had to use the hard way. He had to raise Hitler for them to go back. Because they didn't realize the hour and who they were. And we, we don't want to be those kind of people that have to wait until things go bad. To start coming to church. To start having prayer meetings. To start listening to the Bible. To start reading the tapes. We have to realize that we are endangered species. We are, we are becoming smaller and smaller. And the world is becoming darker and darker. Men that can stand for principles, that can stand at night and read the Bible to their children, they are becoming few and few. Endangered species. Men that can stick to one woman for their whole life, they are becoming endangered. It is, it's becoming something that is, you know, oh, this is not possible. How can this be? Yes, it's possible. I remember one time I went to a, a corporate event. <laughs> and they said, what do you drink? I said, it depends on what you're asking. <laughs> so what do you drink? Because to them it was obvious that, hey, I have to be drinking something. I mean, how can I say, and then I don't drink. I just have like apple juice or something like that. They said, really? He said, yeah. He said, oh, what about wine? I said, no, I don't drink. He was very surprised because in his thought, he thought everyone, everyone drinks. Why? Because the people that are sober, that don't drink, are what? Endangered. It's, we are becoming few and few and few for people who can have fun without drinking. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, and he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now here Paul was talking about the Holy Ghost. That's what the prophet tells us. That the Holy Ghost is the... You see, what is happening in our world, it could be worse. But the Holy Ghost, with a, with a, with a streak of blood, is holding certain things from this world from happening. You know, it's like COVID will come and almost take over, but then, then they suddenly just disappears. 
or there's war, this war comes and you know, threatens the world and then suddenly it just stops. Whether it's World War I or World War II, you know, people think, well, it was Winston Churchill. No, it was the Holy Ghost stopping and holding the four winds of the earth so that his children can be sealed with the Holy Ghost so that people can come to maturity. Amen. So that Brother Ethan here can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what God is doing, friends. So now, the Bible says that he that let it shall be taken away. In other words, the Holy, at the rapture, the Holy Ghost is taken away from the earth. And that's where chaos breaks out. Such as never been seen from the foundation of the world. Amen. Praise be to God. Genesis chapter 6, I think we spoke about this one. Exodus chapter 8 verse 1. This is the scripture that we were talking about. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. Now I want to say something also. The people that are willing to serve are becoming endangered. Now there are many people that profess to be Christians. But the word service is, is becoming, you know, like something that is no longer. We have lost the, ser- the sense of service. Praise God. We, we live in a world where, you know, everything, people want to be served. But we, we have lost the spirit of service. Not just spiritual service, but just natural service. Even the U.S. Army is having a hard time to find, you know, recruits. Why? Because nobody wants to serve anymore. Praise God. But you know what? God says, let my people go so that they may serve me. And you see, even if we are saved by grace, we still have to serve God. Because as the bride of Jesus Christ, we minister to him. Because remember, Jesus Christ is not here on the earth physically. He uses my hands. He uses your feet. He uses your mouth. He uses my... We are the body of Christ. In other words, he uses our body for service. But now, service is no longer there. There's a spirit that has come upon the earth where people just want to be somewhere locked up in their bunkers at home. You know, the world just passes by, and that's not normal. You know, you have to go out, testify, talk about the goodness of God. You have to come to church. You have to sing songs. You have to preach the gospel. You have to sing a special. You have to play the guitar. We have to serve God. Amen. Amen. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their life bitter with hard bondage, in mortar and in bricks, and with all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made themselves was with rigor. Now, we want to read Daniel chapter 10 here. God said to Daniel, then, then, then Gabriel 1, this is the amplified version. I like the way it's, it's, it, you know, it reads this scripture. Whose appearance was like unto the a man touched me again and strengthened me. And he said, Oh, highly regarded and greatly beloved. So this is an angel of God that came to Daniel and said, You are highly regarded and greatly beloved. And we see that Daniel was a Christian, but God loved Daniel. God loved David. God loved Job. You see, it's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to be loved by God. I don't want to know about you, but I want to be having a testimony like this 
that God loves me. Now, what do we learn about Daniel? We know that Daniel went to church every day. Daniel knew service. They had no churches in Babylon, but he had church at home every day. No matter how the laws changed, Daniel still had church. He did not give any excuse of not, going, not, not, not attending church at his home. Daniel would gather together with his friends, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they would talk about the Lord, and they would worship God, and they would pray every time. It was not a historical experience where Daniel would say, oh, you know, five years ago, we went to a youth camp, and oh, we had a good time. No. It was every day serving the Lord. Daniel was praying to God. You know, Daniel rose through the corporate ladder until he became the vice president of J.P. Morgan Chess of Babylon. He became the prime minister, but he had time to go to church. And then I think of myself, just a nobody, and not have time to serve the Lord. When Daniel was the CEO of Babylon, friends, this is a kingdom which was we think, we think about America as the greatest country, which is fine, but if you read the Bible, it was the head of gold, then silver, and then brass. In other words, the kingdom of, of Nebuchadnezzar was far greater than what we have today. Amen. Babylon had, Nebuchadnezzar had dominion in, you know, he had dominion over many, many countries. Praise God. And Daniel was a governor. But yet, he never missed the church. No wonder why Gabriel said, you are greatly beloved, Daniel. But today, just getting a small raise and a small management position, we all act busy. I'm very busy, you know, brother. I have you know, a couple of meetings, you know, coming up and you know, to meet the guys from the bank. And that was not Daniel. Daniel knew service. Daniel read the Bible every day. Daniel listened to the tapes every day. How do we know that Daniel listened to the tapes? The Bible says that he said, I understood by the books that the time had expired and it was time for us to go back. So which books? He was reading the books of Jeremiah and Jeremiah was the prophet of the time. So Daniel was reading his spoken words. And God says, Daniel, you are greatly beloved. He was not just spending time reading fiction magazines. He was actually reading the tapes. And Daniel was not corrupted by the things of Babylon. He remained a Jew. He remained a believer. He was not changed by Babylon. He was not changed by money. He was not changed by power. Daniel was given a lot of power, but that never changed him. That's why God loved Daniel. And men like Daniel today are becoming extinct. They are endangered species. Just a little bonus, a little raise, the brother disappears. You don't see him anymore. Praise God. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Now, what is a priesthood? You cannot be a priesthood unless you serve. We are a priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath caused you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In other words, 
God made us unique and a pedigree people. Now, the prophet says here, but a genuine born-again pedigree Christian from the book of Acts knows exactly where he stands. He is born of the spirit. He is pedigree. He came from the branch of God. In other words, you are not diluted. You know who you are. And all of us are God's children, and God loves us. No matter what we have gone through, no matter what we have done, God has loved us. And God loved us not for what we do, but for who we are. Amen. Amen. Brother Ethan, come here. I want to demonstrate something. <laughs> what is your name, my brother? What's your last name? McCarthy. Is that your dad? Yes. Dad, do you know this guy? <laughs> who is he to you? Do you love him? Yes. Okay. Give me your glasses. Let's pretend you are blind, you can no longer see. You have, I've taken your glasses, something has happened. Brother Ben, who is he to you? Do you love him? Are you sure? He has lost his eyes. Give me your wallet. <laughs> Give me your car keys. This is the word, brother. We're going to make it really bad. You have lost your car that your dad bought you. You have lost your wallet. You have lost your phone. You have lost everything. What's your last name? Do you, did you change your last name? No. Do you still love him? Is he still your son? Are you sure? He can't see. Now let's make it really, really bad. <laughs> let's say you, know, you meet thieves on the road, and then they beat you. And you have lost all your teeth. Right now, you have no eyes and you have no teeth. <laughs> Shove off your head. You are now bound. Are you still a McCarthy? Yes. Dad, do you know this guy? Do you still love him? Would you do something to help him? Now you have lost your eyes. You have lost everything. You are out in the world. You, you, all you know is that you are a McCarthy. That's all you know. You have lost everything or your certificate, your education. But guess what? One day, you meet an evangelist. You meet an evangelist. <laughs> this evangelist is Brother Lincoln. <laughs> Brother Lincoln come. Brother Lincoln is an evangelist. Tell him about the good news of the kingdom. <laughs> God loves you. God can give you your sight back. God can give you your teeth back. Everything that you lost. I am the evangelist. I can't give them back to you. But I know someone who can give them back to you. Your father. Brother McCafferty. <laughs> Let's find this, this guy, his eyes. This, here's your wallet. You got it from your father. Here's your phone. <laughs> here's your eyes. Here's your car keys. They all came from your dad. He still loves you. He still cared for you even after you lost everything. Praise God. Now you can go and have a seat in church. <laughs> that's, that's what God is, my friends. You are still his son. You may think, well, I have to do something for my dad to love me. No, you don't have to love me. You don't have to do anything. 
Just say, Dad, I love you. I'm sorry. And he's able to help you. He'll find you a new credit card. He'll get you a new pair of glasses. I wasn't going to ask Sister McCaffrey because she might have cried, you know. <laughs> Amen. And Numbers chapter 1, verse 17. And Moses and Aaron took these men which are expressed by their names. Now, these people were expressed by their names. And they assembled all the congregation together on the first day of the second month. And they declared their pedigrees and their families. Now, this was their natural. They knew their names, they knew their families, and they knew their pedigrees. In other words, they knew their identity. They knew that, hey, I'm a son of God. I'm a believer. I come from God, and I go back to God. I'm a message believer. They knew who they were. They came and they declared their pedigrees. And you know, it's such a big deal. Remember when Nehemiah was restoring back the people, and there are some that could not declare their pedigree, and he had to pluck their hair from, the, from their head. Why? Because they had lost their identity. They became mixed up with, with the women of, of, of Babylon. And God wasn't happy. He wanted them to maintain their pedigree. Praise be to God. Now, the Easter seal, the prophet says, now, now notice not long ago, we are losing our identification. We come on Wednesday night, some of us, others stay home to watch Who Love Susie, televisions, all kinds of worldly things, all kinds of entertainments to keep you away from church. Long have we lost it. Now, the prophet says here in the message, I like to read the prophet because I don't want you to take my words. I want you to take the words of the prophet. He says, a real mother wants to take her baby to church. And that's the thing you should do. The first sign of a real parent is to take your children to church. It's not to get them their first bicycle. It's, not, it's to bring your children to church. That's the, that's the first sign of a real dad. That's the first sign of a real mother. You take your children to church. You know, I was in the hospital when my wife, I'm about to close. I'm left with a couple of minutes. I was in the hospital during labor. And uh, here in, in America, you know, you have to stick around. We don't have that in Africa, but that, that's fine. <laughs> First world problems. <laughs> so I was there, and I was just, you know, I had my little bed on the side, and just, you know, watching my wife going through the pain. It was very heartbreaking. And um, there I was there, and... And every three to four hours, a nurse would come. Very nice and sweet, you know. They're like angels. Like, hey, how are you? They're very nice. How are you doing? Everything okay? Okay, we have come to take your vitals. And then they, they do whatever they do, and then they go. After three, four hours, they say, hey, how are you? We have come to take your vitals. Like, what are these vitals that they're talking about? <laughs> like, we have to look for your vital signs, right? Your blood pressure, your... And you know what I said? Oh my, this is, this is great. So even Christians have vitals. Christians have vitals. You have to check your vitals every now and then. If you are no longer coming to church, you may say, I'm healthy, but your vitals are saying something different. If you are no longer reading your Bible, even if you are standing up straight, your vitals are saying something different. Your kidneys will be failing and you don't know it. 
said, oh, brother, I'm okay, brother. You know, I just ran, you know, 10 yards. That's fine. But I'm looking at your vitals. If you are no longer listening to the tape, if you spend two weeks, one month, I'm not saying there's a law to say how many you should listen in a day. That's up to you and the Holy Spirit. But I'm just looking at the vitals. Even, even a car, you know, if you're buying a car, you have to look at what we call the history of service. Someone may say, oh, this car is never had a problem. It runs so well. If you are a wise buyer, say, can I see the history, the service history? Say, no, brother, I, I, can, I can assure you it's a good car. Yeah, but let's look at the history of service. And I tell young people, I tell young girls, young boys, never marry a girl who doesn't come to church. No matter how spiritual he thinks he says, never marry a, a, a boy who doesn't come to church. Even if he says, hey, you know what? I had an experience. I saw the lightning, and there was a, a seraphim that flew before me. If he's not coming to church, that's a bad vital. Never associate yourself with someone who doesn't come to church. Praise God. Yeah. You have to look at the, at the service history before you buy that car. I'm not saying that's all that you look at. That's one of the vitals. I just got that from the nurses. They say, let's look at the bar. And before they discharge you, they have to check your vitals. Like, <laughs> you know, and sometimes they have to, we have to draw your blood. And that's all they do. They just monitor certain signs. And you as a Christian, that's what you do. You, you don't need a preacher to tell you some of these things. You look at your, yourself. Look at your dashboard. It will tell you uh, your car is due for service. Oh, you need to fix your brakes. You know, it will tell you these days. And the Holy Ghost, is, is, he moves among his people, and he tells you where you, where, where, where you are lacking. You, you need to, you know, you need to increase your prayer life. You are becoming too, you know, irritable. You are becoming too, you know, you, your temper is a bit high. Something is, there's a red flag somewhere. And you say, maybe, you know what, I'm not praying enough. Maybe... Maybe the way I say things to my children, I shouldn't have said that way. You check your vital signs. Amen. Amen. Thirsting for life. People say, I can stay at home, be just a good Christian. I'm hitting on this because it has been a burden upon my heart. And I've looked, I don't have time. It's a Wednesday night service. I can show you statistics from pure research, whatever you look at. One of the signs that they see that Christianity is dying is people no longer want to come to church. This country, 70-something percent of people say they are Christians on the research. But of those people, <laughs> the number of people who, who show up for church like on a Sunday is like, I don't know, 30% or something like that. And that's why, and as a Christian country where we have 75% of people claiming to be Christians, why do we have all these spiritual problems? It's because people, they are no longer coming to church. And that's the danger that this country has. On this side, we have what we call the left. And on this side, we have what we call the conservatives. Now, these are conservatives, quotes and quotes. Most of them, they never seen the door of the church. So what are they conserving? It's a scam. I'm telling you. For the first time, we have politicians that have never seen the door of the church. And you think those people will lead us? Well, you are deceived. All of them are rotten, friends. They are just conservative so that they can make money from poor, 
grassroots people that are looking for hope. Our hope is in the word. Don't waste your money, you know, donating to these people, you know, making all kinds of promises. Praise the Lord. Now, brother, when you've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it separates you. It delivers you from the things of this world. Amen. It makes you love God. It makes you go to church. You cannot say you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you don't go to church. It cannot be in the same sentence. Baptism of the Holy Ghost and not going to church cannot be in the same line. Amen. If you don't have a church, you must. See, you will die spiritually. You will dwindle away. Is this the prophet? Is it, this, is it that says the Lord? The prophet says when you neglect to, to if you neg- neglect to brush your teeth, you find them rotting away. If you neglect to pray, if you neglect to testify, if you ne- neglect to read your Bible, if you neglect to go to church, you will die spiritually. You may think you are living, but you are dead. You know, if you don't wake out, like these days I've been waking out, running and doing things. The first time I thought I was dying after just going for a few minutes, you know, I was like, ah, ah, you know. Because you know what? On the outside, nothing had changed. But in, on the inside, my kidneys, my lungs, my heart, they were, they were suddenly, they were just, you know, they were just moving, right? But I was standing, but inside I was dying and I didn't know it. I'm telling you. You say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. But you see, the prophet says you will die spiritually and you will dwindle away. Inside, on the outside, the devil is very careful. He will not change anything on the outside. You will still speak like a brother. You will still greet like a brother. You will still kiss brother's shoulders. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. But inside, you are, you are gone. Because de- how do you know you are gone? Your desires change. You lose your appetite for the word of God. It's like when you go and check your baby, they'll say, is she eating? Is she drinking? They look at the appetite. If, you, if, you, if suddenly you find, found people, find people, they're no longer interested in the word. They have lost the appetite. It shows what death has set in. It's just a matter of time. And then the next thing you hear, oh, brother, you know, there's this mistake that I found in the message. Oh, ah, brother, I think Brother Branham was wrong here. And then the next thing, back in the world. It's a process, friends. Jesus says, go over into the villages against you, in which at your entering you shall find a cold tide. Where on yet never man said, lose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, why do you lose him? Thus shall ye say unto him, because the Lord has need of him. Jesus Christ, he found this donkey tied to cigarettes and tobacco and drinking and women and indecent movies and things like that. And he said, lose him. And if people ask you, why are you losing him? Say, the master has need of him. The reason why God saved us is because he had a need of us. We, did, we were not just set free just to roam around. God said, lose him because I need him. That's what a calling means. God calls you. If I say, if I say Josh, 
I'm calling you to, so that you can come to me, you hear to me. And it means I have got something to say to you. I don't just say Josh and disappear like that. that that's like a ghost, right? But if I say Josh, Josh will be like, hey, Brother Aaron, what do you, what, can I help you? Say, oh, yeah, yes, brother. I need this, 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 and this. That's what a call is. The, Bible, the prophet says the word sanctification means cleansed and set aside for service. So you are sanctified so that you receive the Holy Ghost. When you receive the Holy Ghost, it puts you into service. The Holy Ghost is the power of service. If you have time, you can read the spoken word, why was the Holy Ghost given for? The Holy Ghost is for service. Praise God. I've got two minutes left. Musicians, you can come. Now, this is the tabernacle of Moses. There is... So, this is the altar of burnt offerings. And this is the brazen lava where they washed the sacrifices. Now, these, these, all the things that were outside, these two things, they were made of brass. They were made of brass, and brass signifies judgment, right? And then you go in the holy place. There were three things. This was the table of shrew bread. This was the, the seven candlesticks or the menorah. And this was called the altar of incense. Now, these things were made of gold, and gold represents deity. Now, like this, I'm going to touch on this one just as we close. Now, this altar of incense was made of, I think they say acacia wood or something like that, and it was overlaid with gold, which was representing a human being, that you are, you are born of the flesh, but you are covered in gold. You are covered by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and that's what puts you in service. Now, this altar of incense, the, the priest had to burn incense in the morning and in the evening. It was not supposed to go out. They were supposed to burn incense every day. And this altar of incense, if you read in the book of Revelation, it represents the prayers of the saints. That's why Paul says, pray without season. Why? Because this altar of, of incense has to it has to go up continually. Now, if you read a quote, and I don't have time here to read this quote, in the fifth seal, this is my last quote, the prophet says, when, if, if John looked there and then was his brethren, see, his brethren that had to suffer a little there, and see, the Lord permitted me to see my brethren and the saints that were waiting for the coming of the Lord. Notice, they were not under the altar of sacrifice, which is, this one, the altar of sacrifice. Who is it? Sorry. It says they were not under this altar of sacrifice, which is the altar of brass. He says, the, mine wasn't, but there was martyrs. Mine was under the martyrs' altar. So there are two altars here. So there is the altar of sacrifice, and then there is an altar of incense. So now the foolish virgins, or these other, they are outside, but we, the bride, we are inside. And we minister unto Christ continually every day with our prayers, with our service, with our admiration, with our amens, with our singing. Praise God. And we are closer. I mean, because this is just you know, in type, right? 
We can look at this in many ways. We can talk about, you know, the three courtyards, you know, being the inside being the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But if you read, if you look at this in a different way, we are supposed to be a priesthood and burn the incense of prayer every day of our lives. And the people that are able to have this service, they are endangered. And friends, I'm happy to tell you that at least the ones that I'm looking at tonight, these are the chosen generation of God. And although they may be invasive species outside and all the spirits that have come upon the earth, you know, up until right now, the, 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 the world has gotten more rights and more respect than the people of God. That things of the world, some of the things that we can't even mention on this pulpit, they are getting more reverence than the things of God. Traditional families right now, they are not celebrated. But the perversion, the family that are in perversion, they are being celebrated. Inversive species versus endangered species. Let's hold the line and let's stand up for Jesus. Let's stand up on our feet. Are any of your vital signs going down? Do you need to check your car for service spiritually? Is there something that you want God to help you with? Whether it's maybe a slack in something, you know it, God knows it. This is your chance. You can talk to him. We are not Catholics. Sometimes when the minister is praying here, you can pray if you are free to pray wherever you are. You, do, you can come to the altar if you want, but you can just pray wherever you are and just ask God to help you. We don't always have to wait for the prayer of the priest. We are not Catholics. We are Pentecostal by experience. You ask God. You don't have to wait. Even during song service, you want to pray quietly, not disturbing someone. You can go ahead and do that. This is the house of God. This is your house, a holy house, where the lost and the weary, they can come here and they bring their burdens and God takes away their burdens. Let's pray, friends. Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening, Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, we see, Father, that the, the prophet told us, Lord, that when he drew the, 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 the church ages on the board, on the last one, he left the, a little flicker of light. But the prophet says when the angel drew his, there was little light because it will be gross darkness upon the earth. Lord, we know that this Laodicea will be a complete blackout. Father, we are standing here, Lord, knowing that, Father, we are endangered species, oh God. But, Father, you have given us the Holy Spirit, the unction. For you said when the enemy comes like a flood, you will raise a standard against him, Lord. Father, when the enemy comes, Lord, to attack family life, to attack men and women, to attack sons of God, to doubt our identity and our pedigree, Lord, to try to hybrid our faith, Lord, we are able, Lord, to stand, Father, and to stand in the Holy Spirit in this time of shaking, oh God. Father, we are asking tonight, Lord, that, Father, you may strengthen our hands for prayer, strengthen our hands for war, strengthen, Father, us, oh God, for the battle that we are fighting, Lord. For every moment, Lord, we are here, Father, on this earth, it's a battle, Lord. It's a battle to go from one day to the other. But we know that, Lord, you have won the battle for us. 
For you said, fear not, I have overcome the world. And because, Lord, you overcome the world, we know we shall overcome the world. Lord God, for greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Lord God, no matter how the evil the world may become, Father, we know that the light shines in darkness. And darkness is not understood, understood it. Bless our children, Lord. Bless our children, Lord, our sons and our daughters. Fill them with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Help them to rise, oh God, against the press that is in this hour, Lord. May you give them such zeal, Lord, to serve you, to know you, to draw closer to you, Father. May you rekindle the fires, Lord, in the families, in the homes, in the family altars, Lord. Repair, Lord, some of the altars that were dying out, that were perishing. Repair them, oh God. Some, Father, that had gifts that they were harboring. May you, may you, may you anoint them, Father, that they may serve you once again. We are asking tonight, Lord, we want to be a church on fire. We want to be a church, Lord, that is zealous for good works. For you said, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We thank you tonight, Lord. Bless these little words and anoint them. Bless our pastor and his wife as he is away, Lord. Bring him safely, Lord. For we know, oh God, that you speak to us through our pastor. We love him. We commit him into your hands. We commit the church into your hands. Oh, those that are sick and afflicted and those that are home, may you bless them. Heal them, oh God. Keep us together, Lord, as one sweet little branch. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you, friends. We'll see you on Sunday. Brother Mitch. Into thy chamber be
you're dismissed. Let's sing that song, I Need You, Lord, Sanki, and uh, just sing this as you're dismissed this evening. We need you, Lord.